and welcome to Bathoki Therapy 2 episode. I don't know what number. I stopped counting after 5. If I have to count after 10, I'll have to take my shoes off. But this is uh, in the single digit episodes. And uh, this is going to be, as we always say, this is going to be a very interesting episode because we've got somebody who has uh, various talents, uh, most of which neither Piyush nor I have. So it's uh, it's it'll be good to look at how you know how somebody else approaches the world and how in, somebody else chooses to express themselves. Um, but before we get into all of that, I want to introduce my stalwart co-host, Piyush. Say hello. Hello, hello. Yeah, I like that about passion and about actual talent. I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to spoil it, but like taking skewed photographs and blurred backgrounds is not is not talent. So yes, yes, we are we are looking forward to having this conversation, trying to understand a bit more about what goes and actually taking proper proper photographs and not just faffing around. Somebody who is a very avid uh, photographer. He is still an amateur, although. From my untrained eye and from the trained eye of various other people, it seems to be that he should be become a professional photographer. And uh, I've known this person for many, many years uh, since I was very young. Uh, and he shares the same zodiac sign with me as well. And uh, he's, a, he's a very good friend of mine. This is uh, my good friend, Shubh Darshi Tripathi. Say hello, Shubh. Hey, hello, hello. Uh, Subdarshi here. Uh, thank you so much for a lovely introduction. Uh, yeah, I think not just your untrained eyes. I think yeah, mine also. Like first time I saw your Instagram profile, I was like, dude, wow, it's so cool. And then <laughs> then then Sandeep mentioned that you're not a professional photographer. I'm like, are you sure? I think I, I don't think so. It doesn't look like it. Yeah, I mean, if this guy is not professional, then how good are the professionals? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. And I'm, I'm <laughs> going to link it down on the description, check it out, and then you can comment and then you can understand why the dilemma was in my head. Like, it looks so bloody professional. Yeah. <laughs> so, Shubh, um, we are going to ask you the only question that we've actually sort of written down. And then after that, this is going to be a freewheeling chat. So the first mm-hmm. question we want to ask you is, Shubh, uh, other than your professional life. So actually, I'm not even going to qualify that. How would you describe yourself? Uh, whether, uh, however you want to put yourself, how would okay. you describe yourself to the world? One of the toughest questions though, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it keeps changing over a period of time. But yeah, I would say uh, professionally, I'm a story seller. I, I sell stories, uh, whether it's through my own work or by putting together others' work or uh, ideas to whatever. Uh, I sell stories. Um, otherwise, my identity is uh, primarily I'm a father of twins. That's the topmost uh, identity and husband to an artist. So that kind of defines my life completely. Um, and I, I make a living out of, uh, selling stories. Um, um, as, as you, as you just mentioned that it, there are some pictures, I mean, my pictures, which you love and about being professional, uh, photography actually is something I do. Thank God. I'm not a professional yet, uh, because it kind of relaxes me a lot. Uh, everything. So, I right. mean, between video and stills, um, once I'm in the audiovisual world, 
uh, when when things move, or whether it is being captured, sold, or shown, it feels like a job. Uh, it feels like um, a commissioned work, or it feels like as if there's a lot of expectation from the buyer, seller, people at home, people who are friends. But when I'm clicking, uh, none of these uh, those exist because there is zero expectation. Um, it's uh, me, my uh, equipments, and the street. So right. yeah, I mean, uh, just to I mean summarize it the way I see myself is somebody who sells stories <laughs> and uh, uh, because storytellers are uh, people I deal with uh, on a regular basis uh, so I yeah so I call myself a story seller uh, rather and it took a lot to overcome that I am not a storyteller and a story seller uh, yeah. to speak with myself and define that and of course, uh, my entire life is around my kids and my wife. So having an artist wife where you can see the mess behind me, this is maybe what it looks like a Jamtara credit card fraud setup. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, we, this is uh, where we work and the kids work here, me, my wife, and uh, uh, of course, uh, father to twins. And then I always say twins are uh, twins look very beautiful in somebody else's family. Uh, <laughs> so tough task. They're nine and a half years old, and uh, that's how I would describe myself. Yeah, I, that's an amazing introduction, and uh, you know, my my wife is a twin as well, so I can I can you know <laughs> I can understand. <laughs> Yes, uh, I am. I am currently speaking to two men who have artist wives. Wives, yeah, exactly. I said, and you are husband to somebody who recruits uh, artists as well. Yeah, yeah, and she also recently uh, got herself an embroidery kit. So I'm seeing, like, in ten years' time, she could be like, <laughs> has anybody made millions of uh, dollars out of embroidery? We'll find out in next 10 years. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think, uh, Swip, sorry, you mentioned something really cool. And I don't know, it's, it's, you mentioned something that it's not your job, it's not your profession, so you're much more relaxed. Do you think, mm -hmm. what do you think when people say, you know, make your hobby or your passion your profession and then you'll succeed at it? Does it add, give, like, from what I could understand, it add, gives an added on pressure. It's always a challenge because then, Somewhere down the line, then you start hating your hobby and your passion as well as like, oh, I have to, you know, churn yeah. out these X many pieces or take these things. And it's not your passion project. It becomes someone else's that you're trying to fulfill. Yeah, I think two ways to look at it. One is, yeah. of course, uh, you have to be very passionate about... Uh, what you choose to do or what, uh, if you're lucky, then your passion chooses you and you get to make money in that zone. Uh, there are, of course, Roger Federer's who can claim that. <laughs> and uh, there are people like uh, me who would like to keep it uh, separate. But if you look at it um, on an overall perspective, they're pretty much linked, right? I mean, if you're trained as a as an uh, animator, that's what I'm trained as uh, uh, in animation filmmaking and oh. uh, in classical animation, that too. Uh, uh, once you're in that zone, you're trained in photography, you're trained in framing, you're trained in storytelling. But I uh, chose to manage artists than being an artist and right. um, 
that kind of paid more those days, and it, uh, so the choice was very obvious. Uh, but uh, but uh, yeah, and, and beyond a particular age, I don't think I could manage uh, uh, being an animator. It's a tough task. Yeah, yeah, yeah. demands a lot. So um, I would say. For me, what works is keeping um, expectations away because uh, you know you <laughs> you're. I was the only one who chose an artistic uh, uh, career in my family. I was. Um, I have a, a family which I run. I uh, there are expectations from who you are and and uh, in terms of uh, being a management professional to a broadcasting guy to everything but the moment i pick up something that is uh, for me myself which is photography the moment i pick up a camera i'm very relaxed right. and hence keeping my hobby uh, you know uh, separate kind of works for me but uh, of course right. i mean if somebody tomorrow uh, comes up and say, "Hey, um, I'll uh, I commission you work. I mean, go to Chile and find out uh, how people live there. I mean, just make a documentary photography or or go to Kashmir and click over there. I would do anything to do that. I mean, wow. uh, yep. I will drop everything and just go do it <laughs> as long as you know it um, it is commissioned. So yeah, I mean, uh, both work um, for me. This works." And yeah. I would keep it uh, that way mostly. I think it's a medium. It's a way of relaxing yourself as well. I think all of us need to have that. Like I, I don't know why it feels like initially you used to say, you no, know, okay, you have a profession, you have a hobby. But now it's not just a hobby. You have to have something that relaxes you as well. Because again, like for me, I think one of the hobbies is to talk to people. Hence the podcast. Yeah. And cooking yeah, relaxes I... me. So that's the other thing. Yeah, oh, I wow. don't talk much to people because I'm not, I'm a man of very few words, as all of <laughs> like, you guys sure, know. Sure, like we don't know you at <laughs> I all, just, Sandeep. <laughs> I just I just repeat those words quite often. That's the only problem. Um, but um, uh, Shubh, I mean, I, I agree with uh, both of you guys in the sense that uh, you know when you and I was speaking to somebody re- very recently that in today's day and age when work pressure is so much um, and it's not just nine to five jobs when you're working in certain environments or a lot of environments like whether it's television or good marketing or visual effects as Piyush works in, uh, there's a lot of pressure to perform and there are expectations and, and deliverables and requirements and so on and so forth. You need to be able to reset. And of course, one of the ways that people reset is, is consuming mass produced content like television or films or music, whatever it is. But you also, but that is very passive, you know, in the sense that you're not doing anything. All you're doing is 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 gaining an input. But right. uh, you need to have some sort of place where you are expressing yourself separately from what you work, which basically allows your mind to reset. Is that you're you're doing something in a particular way? Your mind is has come up, you know, has got a framework to work, and then you need to change your thought process or mind space to do something else. And when you come back, then what happens is you've done a a refresh of your framework, which sort of may, you know, put, take out things that you know don't work. But to get that distance from what your work is, you need to be able to concentrate on something else and then come back. So, which I think is, uh, it makes a lot of sense. But Shubh, I want to do a Bollywood style, 20 saal pehle, sort of flashback. So uh, you said, you know, that you're the only person in your family who, I mean, I'm guessing this, you're talking about your, you know, your parents and your childhood and so on, who had a, you know, uh, an artistic bent of mind. So 
how exactly did you i mean you said you studied animation and um, you know uh, graphics and animation and art and uh, photography and so on so how did you get inspired to do that if i mean where did you find that inspiration when you were young when you were say a teenager or whatever to decide to go into that because if there is like it's very similar to me also and you know my folks as well there is nobody in my family who has any sort of artistic temperament and i got into it and then my brother got into it uh, so where did you find that sort of uh, inspiration to get into an artistic medium and i'm not talking about just photography in general an artistic medium and want to study that and spend time and how did that come about yeah i mean uh, uh, so i uh, बीस साल पहले मैं अट्ठाईस साल का था बट क्या बिफोर दैट मे बी मे बी फोर्टी इंजीनियरिंग कॉलेज कैंपस मदर वॉज अ संस्कृत टीचर सो यू कैन इमेजिन my plight but but uh, both of them uh, were into theater uh, big time uh, so mother belonged to a family my nana ji uh, was a sahitya academy award winner and uh, no. somebody who's got streets named after him in orissa and wow. was a sanskrit pandit so yeah so she comes from that uh, uh, family so obviously uh, sanskrit poetry and every uh second phrase was you know quoted from uh, rigveda or something or you know so those things were there and i was forced into a chinmay vidyalaya to study in a chinmay mission school and uh, those kind of stuff uh, father always had um uh, an artistic side so he used to click so uh, from my childhood i've grown up seeing pictures of others whom we don't recognize people on streets or monuments and kind of stuff so um that was quite interesting to see um album full of pictures which were uh, of nobody i mean we didn't know it was not uh, of the family of uh, extended family so i think something would have come from there i guess the artistic side of it and both of them used to write plays direct plays and uh, judge them as well on a state level and um, and into college etc um i had otherwise my sister brother these are is officers and engineers and <laughs> we are speaking about and so obviously by the time and i was a very late stage child by the time uh, i was figuring out of my career myself um it, i had no pressure actually and and uh, uh, my parents being academicians uh, were pretty evolved and they were quite okay me pursuing anything um so speaking of 1995 when windows came in uh, so that's exactly when uh, otherwise it was dos based stuff yeah, right the mix yeah. of the world doing courses and i was doing some lotus word star and those ms dots and yeah. fox pro and those kind of stuff everybody used to word do perfect. that in the yeah. word perfect okay i yeah. i not aware about that well though and then i took up a, uh, then my graduation was uh, you know um, in its last stage so 94 95 and windows came in so suddenly there were color screens and you could put yep. music and uh, animation together and 
on on 64 MB RAM machines. <laughs> 3D graphics called 3D Studio Release 3, which was on DOS, and various screens came up with the function keys. So it wasn't, you would navigate inside the software pressing the function keys. So yeah, so came to Delhi, learned that. I think by then, I was pretty sure that that's what I want to do. I want to put uh, audio and visual together to tell stories like my parents write or do something. It came from there. I had those odd cousins who were, who were extremely good in academics and also uh, they used to draw and paint and uh, I think something would have come from there. But the primary thing was I had to score good marks. Um, NTSC scholarship was a must. Otherwise, your surname would be taken away from you. That was the threat. <laughs> so did the, all, all those thanks to my mother because um, I never went to a tutor. She was the one who always tutored me all throughout my college. Uh, that's where the inspiration came from. And then once I got through to the Animation Institute and got a scholarship there because this was Soyuz Mult film from Russia, and National Institute of Design, NID from India. They came together, funded by Z those days, way back in 95. And they started an institute called the Z Institute of Creative Arts, which was a three-year full-time animation training institute in Hyderabad. Uh, And the nationwide entrance exam happened. And there were 50 of us who were chosen, out of which 30 of us got a scholarship. In fact, got money to learn. I was already 22, 23 by then. So it was a great opportunity to take the burden off my parents and do something on my own. And then, yeah, then I realized I'm nobody when I met people like my wife, Shraddha, in in the course. (laughs) So then, you know, oh, crap, I have to figure out something else. (laughs) You know, so, but that was the journey. And then once into the... Filmmaking Institute or Animation Institute, then there is no other way, right? I mean, yep. you went out one side of the tunnel and you have to come out the other side. And then the rest of things uh, fell into place, I guess. Um, oversimplifying the whole thing, but um, that's how I found my way into the artistic world, if I may say so. But that was literally the only option left by the time I was <laughs> 22, 23, no glory there. So I didn't want to become an engineer because I saw a lot of them uh, didn't want to become a doctor. It was too, too tough. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> and, was becoming an engineer. Too many of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Too many of them. Yeah. yeah. Lawyer wasn't an option because they thought uh, all lawyers are couch. Um, you know, the, <laughs> 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 Yeah, my mom used to, uh, whenever she used, like in my teenage years, obviously rebellious teenager, of course, I'm not rebellious anymore, as everybody knows, I'm a gentle soul, but, uh, <laughs> okay, stop laughing. Okay, uh, but uh, when I used to, so my mom would say something and I used to, you know, argue back with her and she said, you know, I guess all of them have learned it from the same place, I guess. I, yeah, <laughs> all, all TV shows the same. Yeah, I'm not going to comment on this because my brother-in-law and my father-in-law are lawyers. 
so no comments let's change the topic <laughs> uh, before before you ask the question piyush i yeah. want to tell you that uh, piyush had a very similar um... like i was about to say this only like exactly same like you know from part things to things like i met my wife at the institute that i was doing my animation course in i also had the same thing yeah dude she's too she's too good whatever the fuck am i doing and then i i'm an engineer like i did and all my family is like they work in apple or facebook or google and all that and i am the one who just moved into something more creative like i did start up as a artist in uh, one of those studios in bombay he he I, was the uh, shub he was the guy in college that you would go to if you wanted to get any sort of video are ek farewell video banana hai piyush ke paas jao are ek class ka ek profile banana hai piyush ke paas jao whatever it is piyush was the go to man for video so yeah. it's, it's very similar many years apart of course but uh, decades yeah. decades apart yeah yeah, yeah decades yeah. apart but um, so and as he loves cooking as well that's what i heard because yeah, uh, yeah. love love to cook yeah, yeah. so and i should lot of similarities because i think uh, beat photography or cooking or listening to stuff like jazz um which you will after a couple of decades i'm sure <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you will <laughs> and uh, is quite similar you know all of them are uh, you know very very transposing your inner uh, feelings you know right. Uh, right. like photography you look outwards but basically what you're taking is what is inside you right it exactly, is yeah. you're looking through a viewfinder you're looking outwards to find what is inside you um uh, jazz and cooking are pretty much the same yep. and they are all improvisers if you look at right. it True. they're all yeah. improv artists uh, because yep. uh, that's that's why it's so exciting that's why uh except for restaurants uh there are no recipes at home that, that, that if it tastes the same it'll be boring you should yeah. keep trying i mean my wife has got fantastic skills she can make the same stuff and it tastes different every single time <laughs> so she she hates cooking actually so surprise <laughs> you can't get bored of shraddha's cooking so but uh if you look at it all of us are the same in fact i ended up making directing and producing a show called culinary camera so i oh. was a street photographer and a, and a chef right. and made them uh, wander around a country like qatar so uh, just just see what is happening so uh, and that was uh, so much fun because it's so similar and right. yet so diverse um, so yeah cooking uh, is something that is or that also requires a lot of patience yeah. a lot of uh, improvisation and yeah and it's never that. the same yeah, yeah it's never couple the same of days back, yeah so i was saying couple of days back we cooked something at sandeep's place and this was completely first time i'm cooking this dish completely winging it and it turned out well so i was very happy so like chalo theek <laughs> hai experiment was good no one no one no one had diarrhea no one puked so it was good <laughs> Uh, i want to ask so you had so many so many of these outlets you had animation to go to you had you know uh, digital uh, expression for example um, uh, graphics and animation you um, you you obviously were trained in hand drawing and so on and so forth uh, piyush i must tell you that uh, shubh's uh, wedding invitation was a flip book oh wow <laughs> that he drew himself so wow, that is that so is he so had, great he has that Yeah yeah he's yeah, that talent yeah. as well so uh, shub w- then why did you pick photography 
why photo? I, what what out of all these options, what made you get into photography and how and when and tell us that? Yeah, I think uh, um, I, I, I was always very close to my dad in a way. It's almost the, the same reason as uh, why I wear a Janeu and and do all non-Brahmin activities. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing a Janeu, can't say it here, but uh, yeah. So why do I do that? It's basically because uh, my dad used to do it and I, I, I loved it. So photography always fascinated me uh, from then. Uh, then the other thing was uh, also that uh, with photography, I could, ever since uh, digital photography started, I could get the uh, results quickly. So the it, it's like uh, doing theater instead of um, getting into making movies. Uh, movie pays more, everything, but you have to wait. Theater is instant mm-hmm. gratification. Yeah. So photography was instant gratification. And third being, I, I love gadgets any uh, ways. So nerding kind of uh, got me into, so I love watches. I love, uh, which are mechanical watches and then got into mechanical uh, uh, cameras and then got into analog cameras. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, uh, that's that's the crazy thing. My watch obsession and shoe obsessions have stopped uh, right now because it's mostly cameras now but yeah i mean i guess uh, it's a it's a tribe right they they, uh, they they all of them all photographers who are into street photography especially in that particular genre uh, all of them love watches all of them especially mechanical watches so uh, all of them and all of them uh, listen to jazz. All of them probably love their to and you know nurse uh, single malts. All of them uh, they, they are a particular kind. So the the group that are, that we meet every Saturday over here at Revolver, I'm the youngest in the group. So uh, you can imagine the rest of them uh, would be like they they they're not here for much longer. So oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, I thought they were going to leave for somewhere before I figured out what yeah, he was saying. I, I got that a second later. I'm like, oh my god, that went down. <laughs> so I've been collecting their pictures because I'll I'll I'll, I'll survive longer. So <laughs> I, I can make some money out of them. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think um, hence photography, and then of course uh, the genre I chose, which is. Um, uh, street photography is like uh, you know you risk failure every single time and and uh, uh, that what that's what gives you that kick that uh, rush yeah. that uh, I can fail uh, I'm risking failure I'll just go out and click so um, and being an improviser also is it, it is in a way like uh, like being an animator or being uh, you have to act the way we were taught and then the softwares came in and we got more carpenters than furniture designers after that. <laughs> people, who, people who learn softwares and call themselves animators. Uh, so, but uh, we, uh, it's kind of you act. The mirror is right in front of you in, the, in your table. You act and then you draw and then you see the result there itself by flipping the papers. And uh, photography was pretty much that. I think uh, one that way. And the second thing, of course, was because you could take your own slice out of the drama that's happening in front of you and keep it yourself. So, I mean, it is like theater, right? I mean, some drama happening, 
um, on the streets, every nook and corner, and you are being a part of either you can choose to be a part of that, mm. or you can be mm. an audience and take a slice out of it. So photography kind of helps. You can also sketch. A lot of people sketch uh, or paint on the spot. Yep. But uh, I do it in one thousandth of a second yeah. and see the result. <laughs> Unless I'm shooting analog, which is to just slow down. Uh, otherwise, uh, that that must, that primarily is the reason. Uh, and of course, there are influencers and uh, like the real influencers who, who are photographers who shot in the 50s and 60s. And uh, those pictures have influenced a lot. Uh, for being yeah. I can't call myself a photographer but photography enthusiast rather I think I know what where am I going next because the thing that you have described exactly I love mechanical watches I Sandeep has seen my shoes uh, obsession uh, single <laughs> malts I love so yeah I think yeah jazz music next and then after that street photography yeah I yeah. I must yeah. say that I I try to I've introduced uh, Piyush to the joys of Jazz music, when, yep, yep. as he mentioned, he came over a couple of days ago to cook at my place. Yeah. I, I mean, I wanted to comment on uh, what you said, Shubh, is that I, uh, you know, for me and the way I see photography is that there is a sense of that that one, that slice of life that you take out, that one slice out of time that you take out. <clears throat> the See, in all of art, there is this saying that uh, show, don't tell, right? So what you're yeah. in, this is an extreme case of it because you're not just showing spatially, you're also showing or uh, you're also portraying something in a moment of time. So there is that present that is captured exactly at that time. But there is a there is also an invitation to understand the past and the future from that. You know, yeah. where mm. did, how did things happen to get to that point and where will things go from that point and that yeah. is it's a it's a finishing line as well as a starting line that photograph at the same time and it's it's all again you can take the same medium and you can uh, express yourself very differently or different people can express themselves very differently with the same medium right you can have the okay. same camera and i can shoot something that is completely different to what you should would shoot or you Piyush should shoot right and okay. it's amazing um this thing that's why there's that sense of mystery and that sense of uh the, you know being able to do express yourself however the hell you want to which i think is an amazing aspect of photography isn't it you know just like jazz and yeah exactly like jazz as i wanted to say or <laughs> Uh, or being a culinary artist, you know, yep. these are, uh, though jazz is also a group activity, but these are very solitary and poetic activities, you know, that's okay. what you kind of enjoy yourself, uh, um, a very selfish way of enjoying, but <laughs> but uh, uh, unlike filmmaking where you are dependent on so many people, but it can also be solitary and poetic because you, when you are the captain of the ship, it's your vision which is getting um, transposed, but yet yeah. you're dependent so much. Like if yeah. you get a dud DOP, you're, you're finished. You know, you can imagine everything, but it can go wrong. But over here, uh, you are doing it yourself. Uh, the only thing you're dependent on is uh, uh, the, the black box you're carrying mm. uh, in your hand uh, or the gadgets that you must use. Uh, so I think... Um, it is very similar in jazz and and uh, I actually went to your brother Satish uh, for jazz to understand uh, it more. I mean he mm -hmm. uh, he is somebody uh, whom I always 
swap my roommate's wet because whenever we travel, I say, hey, I smoke and I snort. You know it because you've lived with me. Now you're coming and staying in my room and I request my roommate, please go away. He's going to stay with me, you know. So uh, so I just went over and I said, hey, I kind of like this kind of music. And I love the improvisation that happens or so it seems because uh, I otherwise love Ghazals and uh, was deep into it because we we heard Farida Khanum Begum Akhtar, Bade Ghulam Ali Khan Sahib, met Ghulam Ali Khan Sahib. Like I did everything in this world to meet him. Like yeah. uh, like the Walter Matty story. I was <laughs> after, the, I went, did whatever it took and I met Ghulam Ali just to say uh, that uh, I, I I don't know what to tell you. And <laughs> I really love uh, the stuff. I had Tinder with him. And uh, we discussed about something else. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I think uh, that's where I learned about the improvisation, about the genres and kind of stuff. And end of it, uh, realized that, oh, it's pretty much similar. And um, and choosing street photography um, was uh, very obvious because, because that's what excited, you know, uh, uh, me in taking pictures. Uh, rather making pictures they say uh, <laughs> right. like this a friend of mine who says don't say taking pictures you don't take away anything you make a picture so yeah. uh, or rather making a picture or yeah or, or eating <laughs> eating Indian Chinese <laughs> yeah curry, of course, the Indian Chinese like fried rice in the gravy of American chop suey and nobody would understand how yeah. it tastes unless you've done but it. But it's good. It's good. Yeah, it's like good. It, so why not? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think on the same thing, you mentioned something about street photography and you mentioned a very good point about looking yourself through the lens. Like it's, you're not taking, you're not, again, making a picture, not taking one. Like, how do you, I think for me, it's always about intrigue about how do you choose your subjects? Like I see an artist paint something. And like you see the creative cogs moving around in their head. Like I love to have a discussion with this, with my wife or any artists that I meet and any other pairs, uh, art pairs that we go to. Like, how do you come up with this? Like what made you push towards this? I'll, and again, photography is an art form. So I would like to ask the same question to you is like, what, how do you choose it? Like, how do you decide? Okay. You know, this is probably a good subject. Probably this is a good frame. Like, how do you come up with that? Yeah, I, I think it's, there's a very simple answer. I wish I, I knew, uh, but uh, <laughs> it just happens, man. I mean, and that's the beauty of it. It's like uh, that movie, you know, the girl forgets everything by the end of the day and has to fall in love again. So um, th that's exactly what happens in street. Uh, you just go and surrender. Uh, it is like mm, going to the Blue Mosque uh, and the Azan happened. Mm. And you don't know how it should, and we wrote some concept there because it was so amazing. I mean, my, my hair is standing by my neck, and it's so amazing. And what happens on the street, you just go and surrender yourself. And mm. it is it is a form of art, hence, it requires a lot of uh, practice to hone your skills. Like, mm. like Stephen Covey will say that, uh, you know, uh, keep sharpening your saw. Uh, the uh, the seventh habit probably, but you you keep doing that and uh, it gets better. But um, uh, um, it is, and I'm not quoting Rumi and all, but honestly, it is 
what is searching you and what you are searching. And when you go there, um, those aha moments just happen. Uh, of course, there are triggers to go out of your home and do the same thing again. The yeah. triggers could be uh, a lens from 1930s uh, or 50s. Uh, like I, I, I love those um, very, very old vintage lenses on very, very modern uh, camera bodies because okay. they render very differently. Uh, they, uh -huh. uh, they almost look timeless because... Uh, end of the day, you pay more for flaws, right? I mean, you pay more for a hand-painted <laughs> yep, portrait yep. than a photograph. So uh, the more flaws, they call it character. Those are very, There's a lot of character in this lens, which means it is flawed. Heavily. <laughs> uh, but, but, texture, uh, texture. Yeah. <laughs> and, and texture. That's what you uh, love it. And that, those are triggers. But uh, right. you go out. I don't know what you do after that. I'm, 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 I was a crazy automobile uh, guy I used to buy a car every single year change my car etc mm. I don't drive since last six years ever since I came over here okay. I, I use the public transport I I go and click um, uh, inside while we are uh, while we are in the train or, or getting off and I would like to be alone and do my stuff and uh, so uh, frankly uh, I don't know, uh, when I see all my photographs together, like a contact sheet, mm, uh, as I yeah. call it, uh, you know, uh, all pictures together, um, it kind of looks like one guy's work. Wherein, uh, like, like my kids yeah. always wonder, why do you take pictures of other women? Uh, very interesting, because when they become nine year, eight year, nine year old, they're like, Dude, ये तो ठरकी है हमारा बाप ये क्या कर रहा है ऐसा ये दूसरे बंदियों का फोटो क्यों उठा रहा है यार इसमें लड़के क्यों नहीं दिख रहे सो इट्स वेरी इंटरेस्टिंग बिकॉज़ माय ट्विन्स आर अ बॉय एंड अ गर्ल एंड दे आर इट इज फैंटास्टिक टू ऑब्जर्व देम एंड एज दे आर ग्रोइंग एंड आई टोल्ड देम हे आई एम आई एम अ गाय एंड आई एम स्ट्रेट एज एन एरो एंड आई लाइक अदर ब्यूटीफुल यू नो क्रिएशंस एंड uh, so uh, those are these are characters which uh, I feel interested in, and hence I want to capture. Uh, so and they are half Canadian now, uh, so they are. Why don't you ask them? Because there have been a couple of times when people have come up to me and said, "Please delete the picture you've taken," which is fine yeah. with me because by now I've trained myself and I'm thick-skinned. And uh, if you have to be a street photographer, you have to be that way, fearless, and take, I'm I'm almost there, like sixty percent. So they don't like it. Their they, father being yep. yelled at, not yelled at, but you know, I mean, being told what to do. And I say, but why don't you ask them? And um, then I tried once explaining it by showing them their own picture, which I've taken, uh, and then showing them from the street. They didn't get it, but I was just trying to tell that when I tell you to pose, you pose. Yep. And when there is something happening, I'm documenting. Uh, I'm not, um, you know, a uh, commercial photographer who puts up everything beautifully. I'm just documenting uh, the whole drama that is happening outside. Right. And uh, so, yeah, I think uh, that's what, and, and and whether it's a good frame or not comes back. Um, you only come to know when you come back home and <laughs> check it on the screen. Of course, it's like a two or three to a hundred clicks, uh, which you eventually kind of like and print or something. Right. But yeah, I mean, Instagram is somewhere where you just dump it. I mean, yeah, uh, anyways.
but uh, yeah and, and the trigger also could be stories happening like i was in sasoon dock uh, in in uh, mumbai knowing okay. that uh, that's the place which uh, uh you know a fish gets uh, gets down over there early in the morning and it's mm. a winter morning and i knew it would stink and i was thinking for 3 days the same clothes washing it again and again putting cologne in it and washing and still the stink was there but it was a lot of fun like i'll be going to uh, shrinagar now uh, to meet uh, artists uh, um, and uh, you know the paper mache artists yeah, from yeah. kashmir and um, the so called conflict zone artists um i find them quite interesting i want to do a series on uh the theatrical uh you know uh, the theater forms which have survived centuries you know be it a chinese opera or right. the kathakali or uh, you know um, pala or those kind of stuff so yeah i mean uh, that's what triggers you mm. but defining a frame is something uh, i don't know how it happens it just probably you keep practicing um, right. keep seeing others work uh, you know and then um, yeah i mean keep faking it till you make it so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know try to copy the big masters and then slowly find your style and then i'm yet to find my style but uh, they look similar that's a good news uh, and still figuring out what to do i think uh, sorry one more on the same point like you mentioned i i did wanted to bring that up as well because you're doing you're talking about street photography you're taking pho- photographs of random people or random events that are going on the street and you did mention you have had couple instances where people have come down to you and says hey don't don't take my picture or delete it what is the general scenario and let's say if something like this happens to you how do you handle it or what goes on like like for example if someone clicks my photograph Of course if I'll be I'll fi- I'll take that as a compliment but that's me <laughs> but I don't yeah, know how people would react though we we are browns man we <laughs> so, so it depends <laughs> from uh, country to country like uh, in india if you no. go to a dharavi um, mm. always take somebody with you if you're carrying expensive equipment <laughs> but but if you click somebody um, he will say are ruko sab main mera ghar wale ko mere bachcho ko bula do like to be photographed right. except for places like banaras and all those sadhus will ask for 100 bucks they they've started asking for dollars now um 8 dollar de de or you know those kind of stuff yep. mm, uh, but um, or uh, uh, that's india and uh, but i've clicked in qatar where it was tough there's a photograph which uh, they've categorically said that don't put it on instagram Hmm. and don't put it anywhere because you'll you'll be banned um, your entry will be banned into wow. the country but i just took it uh, you know at a spur of a moment it there was a big foreground has a big cage of parrots uh, you know a lot of parrots in one cage and in depth there are a lot of women walking in burkas so and and hmm. uh, then it was a depth so uh, did i mean anything while taking it no i mean you can just think before and after while taking it right. you don't think anything about that uh, you just click it uh, but uh, but i respect uh, that and i keep mm. it aside and that's not what i feel to be honest i don't mm. feel women in book are are caged i i don't i mean i my uh, mother had a 
uh, Gungat whenever my father's elder brother came to our home. And uh, that was uh, the thing. And they joked about everything, starting from whatever to whatever, or in theater and etc. But that right. mark of respect was there. So it is to her, her choice. Mm, right. So those kind of things have happened. And, and um, in Canada, people do not like to be clipped. Uh, they privacy mm. is a big issue. Uh, and of all the places. In Hong Kong, I've got to yell that like crazy. The only good thing is I don't understand what they're saying, so I don't take offense. <laughs> so, so there's aunties on the street. They're very interesting characters on the street and uh, coupled with the neon lights. So Hong Kong has a brilliant character. It looks from right. yeah. a place from 70s, you know. <laughs> so, but but you, I, I, get a, I get yelled at a lot. And then uh, my friends tell me, you know what, what she said? I said, no, I don't know. So I don't take offense. Aapne diya, aapne liya nahi. <laughs> so that's one. Um, but uh, how do you prepare it? That's the first thing that you have to deal with. Um, is that uh, like they say, if your pictures are not pictures are not good enough if you're not close enough. First thing you have to deal with is people coming up and saying, "Please delete the picture." Or uh, the best uh, weapon is uh, I wouldn't say weapons uh, weapon is very negative, but the best uh, thing that you can have on you is a smile. You know, you just give a very honest smile if you if your right. eyes meet, and if you see uh, some kind of uh, an issue, then just walk up, show the picture. Thank God for the digital cameras. Uh, show the picture and say, "Is it okay?" Because I thought uh, you were wearing a lovely shirt, or or, or uh, you look fantastic and I love your shoes and give a compliment, have a conversation. That also is quite exciting when you meet uh, absolute strangers and break into uh, conversations. Uh, it happened day before I met somebody on the streets uh, in Vancouver in front of London Drugs. That's that's like the square where everybody goes to click. Yep. And uh, yeah, and then uh, this guy comes up, I click him and then walk up to him and say, I hope uh, that's okay. And then he gave his Instagram handle to me. I went on to it only to realize he's a legendary photographer. A legendary oh. photographer. Oh. I found him on street. We became friends. He's sending me what he's done in uh, Banaras. And my wife belongs to Banaras. And then we have that conversation. Uh, made my day. Uh, so, um, you know, while I was thinking, what do I need to do to pay my next rent? <laughs> <laughs> this thing happened and took the stress off. So uh, that's what I think. I think that's how you deal with it. Some people are uh, like Bruce Gilden in New York is somebody who is is a tough guy. He walks up to people, puts the flash on their face, and is not apologetic about it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Serious I'm photographs. Not there yet. Yeah, I, I'm not there yet. And I, I don't. Mean, what happens what happen when it. somebody? What happened when somebody slaps his camera out of his hand? Has happened with him. He's okay. Picks I'm pretty around. sure. He yells back. He says, you're on the street. This is free for everybody. Don't come onto the street then. Um, there is no law which stops me from, uh, unless it's obscenity, uh, which stops me from clicking. But that's, that's what his pictures are. I mean, he's, he's a magnum photographer. He's a different zone. But uh, I don't agree to that approach. But that's me. Uh, I mean, he's gone to many people. His pictures are awesome. I wish I had those balls to go up to people <laughs> and put a flash on their face 
and not be sorry about it like i i think uh, his, his yeah his, i think his is his idea is that he wants to basically strip people of their pretentiousness and then you know take because if something imagine something happens suddenly in front of your face you're scared oh, yeah. Yeah. you might be this the you know the coolest dude or the coolest girl around but then you're like oh what happened suddenly and then you lose all of that pretentiousness from your face i think that's what he captures yeah. it's it's very weird like personally like if someone does that again someone takes my photograph fine but someone flashes something on my face i'll be pissed off but yeah. again they would they would be if somebody if something like that happens to me there would be consequences <laughs> there would be a reckoning no okay um uh, shubh i wanted to ask you uh, and this is touching upon something that you mentioned a little while ago and i had a conversation with a dop that i knew uh, many years ago he's now a very famous uh, indian dop uh, and he was saying you know you never take a photo of what is in front of you what you do is you take a photo what is the photo is first taken in your head and then yeah. you use that equipment to actually put it on the film or whatever the the card capture card whatever it is the sensor whatever so the first the photograph happens in your head right and fair enough i understand that uh, this is the same guy who once told me that you know i love it when it's really dark when i'm going to sleep because in a completely dark room i can put whatever lights i want and i create my own lighting in my room right uh, it's it's all yeah. first starts in the head which you also mentioned a while ago now my question is when you are taking photos is that what are you what are you trying to, what are you thinking what is in your head or what are you trying to capture from that what is it in your head what are those things in your head those photographs or those things in your head that you're trying to capture because it's not a a a, a completely created sort of this thing um which uh, we will get into because of that mime photo shoot that you did and so on uh, yeah. and everything which yeah. i uh, actually i'll mention it piyush he spoke about his kids thinking he's a turkey baba uh when we were in india a couple of uh, a few months ago to do some i mean we were working together on a project um we were staying in the service apartment and he invited this um, really pretty very uh, you would say hot model uh over and most people who take photos of the beautiful mm. girl and, and you know that's fine but what he what shub did was get her to completely paint herself in mime makeup yeah. with yeah. a black uh, you know bodysuit and just mime makeup and just do various expressions uh, and so that is one of the examples that you know different things that uh, shub has done but when you're doing street photography what are you looking for or what are you looking at or what is in your head that you're trying to capture uh you know there yeah so two things if i simplify it first is uh, of course i want to document the life which is unfolding in front of me uh, and my point of view of uh, documenting those happening so be it uh, you know uh, the peta guys pro- doing a protest or the iranian mm. protest happening or and this is very um, uh, very news kind of journalistic approach to it right. sometimes it's funny sometimes uh, you know there's a wedding photography happening and uh, the protest behind by lakhs of people was about aisha amini and uh, mm-hmm. you know iranians uh, yep. doing that hardcore protest and then there are this lovely couple who were getting photographed their pre-wedding shoot happening at the same place in that square 
So those kind of things, and I have my own point of view. So um, uh, that's one documentation. Second is um, I I uh, like to take pictures which are a little provocative, uh, which uh, kind of uh, evokes some kind of uh, response in the viewer's mind. If if all of them see the photograph and think alike, then it's a problem. I think uh, taking a picture with a mind that, okay, if somebody sees it, what would they interpret it as? Uh, of course, there is no uh, in-depth thinking towards it. It has it becomes a second nature to you. When you see those things, you kind of start capturing uh, them. But uh, taking pictures of things which will, uh, which are slightly provocative and uh, is something that I, I love. And hence, I use uh, weird lenses and not standard lenses. I uh, like one of my friends in the in the meet that we meet. We call our, call ourselves van shooters. Zero creativity over there. So uh, we uh, is that he says your your pictures are vulgar. Uh, you know the the angle wide angle that you use. I use uh, like the normal stars of street photography. They use a thirty five mm uh, lens, a fifty mm. mm lens. Um, I use a 21 mm. Uh, I use a 10 mm. Like I go into the face and take a 10 mm so that the entire environment as well as that guy comes into that picture. Uh, sometimes, of course, I use a telly and those are beautiful pictures that I want to make. But uh, the kind of pictures that I love to take are all wide angle because uh, they are um, quite vulgar, if I may say so. Uh, and, um, you know, yeah, I, I, as I say, uh, 50 mm for me is very uh, civilized or bahati sabhya. <laughs> you know, that's like a nice picture to have. I don't want that. I, I I would like to click pictures. I, of course, think of what is going to happen tomorrow. If I go over there, I, of course, ask people what is a good time to see light on that street. Multiple uh, guys actually put a thanks to all of them, thanks to the internet. You go to Istanbul and you know what time of the day, what kind of light is going to hit the big bazaar uh, or, you know, the grand bazaar that you can go and click. So right. uh, you, of course, think about something, but I've almost never come back with images that I had thought of. I come back, sometimes I come back with nothing and sometimes I come back with something very different most of the times is very different. So um, I, I honestly don't think of uh, pictures in my head and then take it. But um, I, I'm, I'm not uh, actually blessed with uh, skills to write. But if I would ever speak about my pictures or given a choice to write about individual pictures, I know what exactly I want to tell through that picture. So those are happy coincidences or happy accidents which have happened after a lot of practice and and being there every single day with a lot of enthusiasm. So I, I wear a camera every single day, every single time I step out of home, I always, always carry it. Uh, sometimes two cameras, sometimes three, but, okay. <laughs> but, wow. but, yeah. uh, but uh, I always carry them. So my um, uh, thing is, uh, I that's all that I wanted to, uh, portray through the pictures A mm. that I'm documenting I'm really blessed to be now where I I, I saw Sachin I saw Rafal I saw Roger Federer and uh, that, that's the time and while that is happening there's an ISIM protest happening on the mm. streets of Vancouver 
by Iranians. And also when I go back home, like I clicked uh, a whole series on Parsis with expired Mm -hmm. film rolls and old cameras. You know, Uh, I used a 1958 Roliflex and I used expired film rolls. Uh, that's so Parsi, you know, <laughs> very quirky yeah. results yeah. and so mad power kind uh, of <laughs> stuff. And um, uh, then I clicked one of them. So I never imagined of pictures that I'm going to get. I just went to this family called the driver, Mr. Driver, and then I spent time with them, spoke with them. Their, their son was a trainer in a gym, his day job. And okay. he, his actual thing was he was a Dastur in the Agyari. Uh, where they worship, he is the priest, right? And okay. uh, you know, a gold gym guy and a priest. And then the next day, they had arm wrestling, which even 90 yeah. year olds were doing arm wrestling. So it was amazing to document them. None of those pictures are beautiful, beautiful. But uh, I think, yeah, what Sony Tarapurwala has done with that uh, book called uh, Zoroastrians of Mumbai or Zoroastrians of India, um, this is not a patch on that, but I that kind of triggered me to go and actually live with the family and click them uh, and figure out how the pictures will turn out. But, but uh, that's what, what am I doing with those pictures? Yeah. I don't know. So, well, I think that's what good artists. books do, right? That's what good, good uh, books do. That's what other things do. Like they influence you to do something, you know, oh. just push you to do something good. Why not? Completely. Yeah, uh, by the way, bef- uh, and we'll uh, put a link to this, um, but uh, other than his Instagram, which every photograph is... Just uh, under every photograph is some 500 hashtags, which <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> but if you really want to know the story of each photo and so on, there is a website that Shub has. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. Yep. yep. Um, and you definitely need, and people definitely need to check out that because it is actually, as he just described, that if he could tell the story of each photo, I don't know. I don't think it's a story of each photo, but there is but, more yeah. of a description yeah. of. Yeah. It's and this was so made got... in like 2017 and has not been updated from then. And it was made, thankfully, it was made thanks to your brother and your sister-in-law. I, I knew no shit about anything about how to put it together. I just wanted a place where I wanted to dump some pictures. Uh, and uh, we kind of categorized it and thought a lot about it. Then we figured out, okay, oh, who am I? Those days I was like, I'm a corporate traveler. I get to click uh, around the globe because somebody else is paying me ticket for my tickets. <laughs> the company is paying me for my trips and I extend the trip by a day or two. So yeah, I mean, the, the website has got horrible pictures, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> but Again, they, I, they're all from past. Knowing you, I don't <laughs> think so. It's going to be horrible pictures, but yeah, let 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 us judge that. But why not? We'll, we'll definitely link that out. Yeah, I yeah, mean, it'd be very... the, the mechanical camera bug hadn't bit me then. I was an out and out DSLR guy, which um, I'm not ashamed of that, but uh, yeah, you have to I mean, start I, somewhere. I, That's what I'm saying. Like, you have to yeah. start somewhere, right? Like, I, I yeah, have I, a DSLR camera, so I'm halfway there. <laughs> I have. But uh, yeah, I have seen 18 year old kids in Rome and uh, clicking pictures with some floozy cameras hmm. and those pictures were so good and puts you in your place instantly there are when they were i asked them what do you do they all learn photography in florence there's some wow. art institute and then i said please go and give compliments to your teacher he's done a fabulous job 
because an 18 year old you always think that your experience and you know uh, the older the wine gets and kind of stuff while I make pictures it's bullshit these kids are doing fabulous <laughs> job man I mean they what is the experience about? what do they know about you know uh, mm. separation and etc and poetry and uh, none of them would have read a Rumi or a uh, heard or to know the detail indicates yeah. of life but those pictures were hundred yeah. times better than what I was clicking I was my pictures were looked so touristy in front of what they were clicking. And it's there, it was there first time in Rome as well. It's not that, you know, uh, an 18-year-old kids, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, some of the iPhone photographers are so good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean the the the, the, the equipment helps, of course. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, uh, Shubh, that's a question I wanted to ask because a here. lot of people say. That, uh, you know, it's not about the equipment, it's about how good you are as a photographer and so on. And I've seen you take great photos with your iPhone as well. So, And uh, you only use it on pro mode or whatever it is, manual mode and so on. So none of these things. So A, uh, what is your uh, thought on how good equipment helps I mean, is better equipment, does it make be for better pictures? And what exactly is better equipment? Uh, and does that change with people? Or is there an objective way of, um, you know, having great equipment? And tell us also, once you're done with explaining this, give us a list of what equipment do you have? I've run out of place of hiding them. So uh, I, I had a... I had a a uh, huge argument in NID. Uh, I was taking a workshop there and in presence of Mr. Ragurai, I mean, <laughs> so uh, this was an argument with uh, somebody and we kind of argued to, uh, and we eventually agreed to disagree. Uh, so I'm, I'm a firm believer that while you're developing interest or when you're starting off, uh, photography does not necessarily need a good camera. It needs a camera. It could be in any form. Uh, however, once uh, you know you're deep into it, um, and I don't know how to define that. Uh, well, once you start clicking every day, once you can't sleep if you haven't clicked that day, mm. um, you know mm. you take a flight and you think ek din bekar ho gaya, I could have clicked this much. <laughs> Uh, or you take pictures of people sleeping in the flight and then you know what happens. So um, once that happens, then equipment does matter because uh, you do take your knives with you if you want to cook. Uh, you know, uh, a G-Shock and a Patek Philip tell the same time, but uh, it's uh, the Patek Philip with which you feel good while you know, you're looking at the same time. It's, uh, um, that's one way. And um, also a good equipment, like like I mostly use, uh, I used range finders for the longest. I've just recently started because I'm 48 and uh, my sight is not getting any better. So I'm going instead of uh, optical manual stuff, I'm going more towards electronic viewfinders uh, to, you know, uh, focus it, right? The focus doesn't matter for me because I kind of fix the focal length and go boom, boom. Uh, I, I like point and shoots. 
but um, a good equipment actually takes uh, care of a lot of things uh, and also makes you feel like uh, uh, clicking. So the recent one that I acquired being, well, I mean, this last week only, I, I bought a Hasselblad uh, digital, tiny uh, digital camera, and the back of which can go on to any old Hasselblad analog camera. So the back cannot get attached. So you can utilize the age-old Hasselblad lenses and bodies and uh, with this digital back. And the whole camera is like this big, a tiny one, uh, which, which can come in, one, in your palm itself, 50 megs and uh, medium format uh, frame. I mean, the uh, sensor is medium format, which is one and a half times bigger than a 35 mm full frame, you know? Um, so obviously more real estate means better pictures, better quality. But yeah, equipments matter, uh, you know, because cooking is not about kadai karchi, but uh, <laughs> after a particular level of madness that you get into it, kadai karchi matter, you know. They, yeah. they, uh, they kind of inspire you to do it. You love to do stuff, trying out your own stuff in that. Um, that's about equipments because, um, and then of course, there is something called gas, gear acquisition syndrome. You once you fall in that <laughs> rabbit hole, okay. yeah. Once you fall in that rabbit, you can't wear six watches, but you have a dozen of them. Um, it's the same thing. You would want to try out the same place with a different camera and a different lens, and it's the I would say more than the facilities or the um, the betterment of uh, um, an equipment. It is about how restrictive you are. So. If you want to go to the same place with a 50mm lens alone, which is what I did uh, that day when I clicked your picture in Gas Town, I had that, mm. uh, you know, screw mount lens, which I had, yeah. uh, I got in some local uh, photography stuff. And uh, they gave me a camera and a lens and I took off the lens, instantly figured out an adapter with which it can go into my contemporary camera body. And it was uh, fantastic. And that day, I must have clicked half, usually half of what I would have clicked otherwise. But uh, those pictures came out very different because I was restricted to that kind of a uh, thing. I mean, and I, I, uh, I have sold uh, cars to buy uh, equipments back. And um, that's the level of madness. And the good thing is when you're married to your batchmate from a... Film Institute, or, or she understands that uh, yeah. you know he's uh, can't be helped. So she doesn't understand the watch and the shoe thing, but she gets the camera a bit for sure. No, I, uh, I, I, I think get there that. is a. I, I think there is a difference between watches and cameras in the sense that I, I would more from my point of view, and I'm definitely not a photographer, is that um, each camera, each lens, each accessory will help you take different uh, this, different photographs of the same thing that you're looking at. 
just changing yeah. lenses just changing focal length you said as between a, 40, uh, a 50 a 35 a 21 and a 10 mm and then of course you go further up you go 70 and so on you go f- uh, further longer you will get for the same place and you're standing in the same place shooting the same kind of people you will get different photographs and those will tell different stories right so i think the, that is the difference uh, as far as i can see in terms of what kind of equipment you use but uh, yeah, you're right. But That's should, a great analogy, actually. Yeah. Uh, what? What? Name some of your favorite pieces of equipment, cameras, bodies, lenses, whatever you have right now, and a wish. And what is your wish list for the future? <laughs> wish list is yeah. I <laughs> it's pretty long, but yeah. I mean, I think the I have uh, like gone into that zone where I've started buying cameras which were made the year I was made, which is 1974. Uh, to the year that my parents were married, which was 1958. So I've got cameras from those ages uh, and those time, pristine condition. I love, um, so sometimes I get old, new stock, uh, like cameras which have never been opened, but have been there since that time. Uh, okay. Yeah, so, and the best place to get them all is, um, people may agree or disagree, but I find Hong Kong to be the best place to get them. Lot of film analog camera enthusiasts over there, right. and uh, you could get them, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, they are your uh, babies, and it's tough to choose between Navya and Agastya. But there is a there are certain things that I like about Navya and certain things about Agastya, and I didn't know Amitabh Bachchan's grandchildren are named the same when I named <laughs> them. It was really? so embarrassing when I came to know. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Svetananda's kids are named the same, uh, Agastya and Navya Naveli. So, I, I named them Navya and Agastya without knowing that for sure. Uh, and Nobody will believe that joke. Yeah, uh, Me being such an Amitabh fan, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I was born in the 70s, man. So, yeah, about, about the Camera that I have, I think my daily, uh, everyday carry EDC, as they call it, uh, is a Leica SL2. I love that uh, uh, camera. I love that company which makes the camera, the philosophy behind it, how they've kept the legacy on. That's a Leica SL2. I have uh, a lighter camera, which is a fixed lens, which is a Leica Q2, which is um, which is what I click if I don't, I'm not... Uh, I don't want to carry a lot of uh, gadgets. Mm. Mm, otherwise, if I have time, if I can slow down, if I have somebody posing for me, or if there is like Comic-Con happening, uh, for an example, and you get a lot of people in their costumes and you want to click them, then it is a medium format Hasselblad. Uh, I have two of them now. One is uh, X1D2, uh, which is a more standard form. And one is a 907X, uh, which is a waist-level viewfinder, and you see from top and click. Uh, film cameras, again, Leica and Rolleiflex, uh, those are... Uh, so I have an analog camera, which it doesn't have any light meter. It doesn't have no electronics. So if you look at it, uh, there's something... This is a documentary I would love to do. It's called... You know about it. I, I uh, want to do a documentary called Analog Monologue. Uh, because, uh, yeah, so everything analog, how it has survived the test mm. of time, be it cars, watches, the moment you put electronics in it, it has a definitive time period that will die uh, someday. That's true. So how how I hate things with electronics, but it's because of the 
convenience that an SL2 is electronic, right? As electronic as it can get. But uh, you can still click with manual lenses. You can still mount old lenses on them. Uh, these are uh, most of the cameras that I have. And there are others that I've just collected for the heck of it. I take them out on Sundays, clean them. Or in some contest or somewhere, I won a couple of them, which are uh, the Canon rangefinders from the 70s. And a rangefinder is basically the same technology that is used in a telescope of a gun, you know, that's also the range ah, okay. finder. Right, but these yeah. are split images and you kind of match the image and uh, you just do range finding through two uh, point of views and you match the image and click. And of course, uh, you can uh, define the distance from you to the subject and go on clicking. You don't need to focus every time. Um, so I love that. What I don't like is absolutely electronic stuff, which is like, I won't name the makes, but uh, you know, those where they have those bursts of images, when you press it like a, and then you pick the best one. In fact, you don't even need to pick the best one. Nowadays, the AI in the edit software picks up the best one or merges them all. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, what I don't like about them is, it's the camera taking the picture yeah. instead of you taking the picture, almost. Yeah, I think uh, with the phone, it is exactly like uh, whether you like uh, top ramen noodle <laughs> or yeah. you like hand-pulled ramen, which is served to you. And you and, and sometimes you need top ramen, right? I mean, you just quickly need something. You don't have anything else. You just click it. Uh, there's no reason. My problem is with... Uh, Computers being posing as cameras, you know, so yeah. or cameras which are actually computers and they do all the processing themselves. Uh, of course, there's a photographer I love who uses those those kind of cameras, but yet comes up with fantastic images. She's she is called Paula Monaris. You should see her photographs. Uh, amazing. She's from Puerto Rico and uh, New York based photographer. And she clicks and edits them like they are from cinema. Uh, very movie-like edits. Uh, but she makes stills, of course. And she uses a computer, I don't call it a camera also, uh, to click. And she's fantastic. Uh, so yeah, to each his own. But what I love is doing this uh, through these uh, companies which have lasted the test of time. Like all Hasselblads are handmade in uh, Sweden. Uh, you know, uh, they're a Swedish company, one of those last European companies. There are only two which have lasted ever since the Japanese came into cameras. Um, uh, this Swedish company and then the German company called Leica, uh, they have lasted. So their products are also like that, uh, you know, like a boutique company. You know, there are more janitors in Sony than employees in Leica. <laughs> so, uh, so, um, but they make fabulous stuff, hand-drawn lenses, and and you see the result, of course, once you use them. And sometimes, because you pay so much for them, you tend to believe that these are better pictures. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a nice thing, so because I've paid so much for it. But uh, yeah, which was the camera that's that's so nice that you bought it twice? Ah. Uh, there are several. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so I had uh, 
the Leica M240 and M246. It was so amazing. And of course, the only difference between M240 and M246 was M246 was only monochrome. So the sensor could see monochrome oh. only. There was no Bayer filter on it. It's the Bayer filter which uh, converts RGB. Uh, otherwise, every sensor is actually a monochrome sensor because it sees zero or 250. I mean, it's uh, it just reads light, right? Black right. and white. And the RGB is converted by the Bayer sensor. So the Bayer, if you remove the sensor, you're actually reducing your uh, cost of production, but they are more expensive as cameras because they're so unique. Uh, so yeah, and and I had uh, two Hasselblad X-Pans, which I forgot to mention. These are cameras which are no longer in production, hence so interesting. Uh, and they expose two 35mm frames together. So it's a one is to three frame. So it's exactly wow. the CinemaScope frame oh. and in stills. So, and no distortion because it is okay. the gate is that aspect ratio, right? So there would be no distortion. Whereas in a 35mm, you're forcibly putting so yeah. much information in a four by three uh, kind of aspect ratio. Here it is one is to three. And then it's difficult to uh, frame because your mind doesn't think one is to three. Uh, it typically thinks three by two or four by three. Um, but once you get a knack of it, it's so amazing because um, it's very cinematic. And on top of that, there are films which have come back from Kodak where they have taken off uh, the film that was used for Lala Ladies. Uh, no, not Lala Ladies. Lala Ladies was my show. Uh, <laughs> Lala Land. <laughs> Lala Land. Okay. Lala Ladies was my show, which I adopted from Hampanch in, in UK. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. It was okay. a British <laughs> show, yeah. So uh, Lala Land was shot in a uh, stock. And the same stock, they removed a certain layer from it and released it as Sinistil 800 as uh, a tungsten uh, calibrated film, the tungsten light calibrated film. And they look pretty amazing on on an expand. It looks right. so cinematic because uh, the red kind of flares up, the greens behave differently. So yeah, I mean that's too much of nerding around the equipments. But yeah, these expands have gone crazy because of uh, YouTubers. They yeah. have made them very expensive. But I had two of them because I really loved them and I wanted to have two of them while it was available so yeah so okay um uh, i mean we're going to wrap up soon but uh, before that i wanted to ask you you've been to so many places you're such a well-traveled person you've been all across europe a lot of asia north america uh, uh you you may uh, get a chance to go to cuba <laughs> Uh, uh, so 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 may I. Uh, but uh, I wanted to ask you <clears throat> where, and you've obviously shot in Vancouver and Mumbai and so on and so forth. Where did you best love taking photographs? Uh, it could be a country, city, place, whatever. Where, where did you love to photograph most? Yeah, I think uh, Banaras, uh, without a doubt. Calcutta and Banaras are pretty similar, but I love that. And 
uh, out of the body experience kind of stuff in Banaras, and I don't smoke up. I <laughs> I just had it while clicking, uh, and it was uh, fabulous because there was this guy playing flute, um, and um, there was death there. There was Mundan happening there, and there was a young couple who had just got married, uh, putting water on their head, all within like hundred meters. Uh, wow. And you sit there and think, "Yeah, <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and, and that was exactly the case when I had gone there because I they didn't uh, uh, they didn't uh, give me a promotion, and I was literally pissed off. Okay, pick up the camera, let me go uh, to Banaras at least. Staying is free, and I didn't stay with my in-laws. I stayed on the ghat uh, on one of those floozy guest houses. And I love Banaras uh, and Calcutta because Calcutta only place I frequent is the Kumar Tuli because uh, uh, that that's where they make those uh, idols uh, of Durga, Moti, mm. and everything. I love it. I mean, there's there's this one guy who only makes fingers. He looks like a surgeon, man, when he sits down and making them and. Uh, you ask them, said, so, and fairly uh, a guy would have never gone to school and you know, nothing. He said, while Mickey looks up and says, Yar, ek na ek din to sabko wow. <laughs> so and coming from, and that place is fantastic. Um uh, Istanbul and and uh, the best country ever is Bhutan. Uh after all these years of travel, there is no place like Bhutan if it snows, uh, which is now, anytime now, <laughs> and you're in Bhutan, it's beautiful. Be it people, be it the peace that you find, be it the monasteries, and to top it all, the the colors. Tibetan Buddhism has fantastic colors around it. If, it, if you go to these monasteries, it's so beautiful. Um, and I've been to Bhutan when my skills were horrendous, uh, photographing skills. Now I want to go because I'm better than what I was then. Uh, so I would love to go click, but yeah. But these are mostly the places where I would love to go back again and again and again. Um, and the and the phallic symbols in Bhutan. Oh yeah, that's also very interesting. <laughs> because everywhere. First time you think, is it is it what I was thinking it is? <laughs> what of the evil they put it in the in front of the yeah, doors? Yeah. Like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Points, on both sides of the door. Hamare yeah, yeah. Oh wow, I didn't knew that. Uh, I didn't yeah. Oh, everywhere. Piyush in Bhutan, it is like everywhere. And very graphic, huh? Not even like uh, abstract. It uh, is like okay, there. you it's hard to miss and it has to yeah. confuse yeah. it with something else. No, it is you that. will not think it's a banana. You will <laughs> <Yeah>. not. <laughs> and Tibetan colors, you know. Yeah. They're okay. very, very bright, golden, yellow, red, blue, and, and you can't miss it. But it's it's very interesting. I think uh, that's a place where it is fantastic. I've not been to Nepal. I was Almost going to Nepal this time because they every in Mumbai this time wherever you go you see a hoarding of Vistara flying to Kathmandu. Mm. Vistara to Kathmandu has started. You like you feel like oh I must go I must. Go. Okay, so Shub, uh, finally I want to ask, and this is something we ask most most people. So if somebody has an interest in photography mm-hmm. uh, and wants to get into it, what how should he approach that? How should he you know what should he or she uh, do to get into photography and what do you recommend to people? Yeah, I think uh, 
buy books, leave the digital medium, uh, see some good work uh, in, in physicality, like in, in your hand. And not only because it's old school, but also it has a very different meaning. Um, uh, there are There is an agency called Magnum, and Magnum Photography is uh, supposedly the best. Uh, it is the best, actually, not even supposedly. The, the best of the best photographers are found there. Um, there, there, are, there are two books I highly recommend. One is uh, Contact Sheet by Magnum Photographers, uh, you know, um, which is what they clicked few pictures before and few pictures after right. of those historical photographs. Like uh, Muhammad Ali doing that, right. you know, yeah. that uh, yeah. post-shorting yeah. of his uh, gloves. and So what were the pictures, three pictures before that and three pictures after that in a sheet? And the explanation of that event by the photographer on one side. That's the book. It's uh, fabulous. That's uh, That book is brilliant. Uh, it's called Magnum Contact Sheets. Um, I, I threw away uh, a lot of my clothes. Uh, I left them in the hotel just because I had to carry that book back. You know, the oldest photo, oldest bookstore in London, uh, uh, you know, with one which creaks when you go up. I forgot the name. Near Trafalgar Square or somewhere. So I went there uh, and I found this book because it was not available anywhere. I bought it's a very heavy and a big book. So I I left my denims and shirts and everything in the hotel and got a mail from them promptly later. Okay, I throw them away so that I could bring because I was traveling cattle class and I there was a restriction and they uh, got that. And the second is Magnum Streetwise. Uh, streetwise uh, is something where the psychology of street photographers is something that is there. I think uh, it's fabulous. You'll find some Korean photographer called Eric Kim uh, describing uh, about uh, jazz and uh, talking about uh, you know Louisiana uh, chicken fry with photography and how they are you know similar or dissimilar and kind of stuff. Um, books are very important, and then. Um, yeah, I think I think I think to learn photography, uh, you can do it yourself. But to learn to take make good pictures, you have to first start by appreciating the old masters. So, uh, be it and culturally, it has to be appropriate. If you if you live in India, you must see Raghurai instead of uh, Steve McCurry. And then after you consume Raghurai and understand him, look at Steve McCurry because. Once you know apna ghar ka saman, then you know how an outsider looks at it, you know, right. uh, a commercial guy. Right. And yeah. then if you want to go deeper, and that's for India. I mean, similarly, for Northern America, it would be probably Robert Frank. And uh, the best lessons of light and shadow can come from Fan Ho, who's no longer there. Uh, he used to make B-grade floozy movies huh, in Hong Kong. And this guy in his 20s used to click around in Hong Kong. Check out his pictures, man. He is, he's God. He was God. Rather, he's no more. But his pictures are fantastic. I, I paid through my nose to get a set of books signed by him. His last mm. signed, his own books signed by him. And I bought another set of the same books which were not signed by him because the signed copies, I won't use them. <laughs> I go through the books. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the, even, even you know, how, while you learn painting or drawing or, or like you have to watch Bicycle Thief before you make your first storyboard. 
you need to understand that you need to watch pather panchali also for our cultural relevance right so but um, do you need to i mean you know get yourself like a proper camera when you're starting out or can you discover a little bit of yourself from basic like basic framing compositions what you like what you don't like from a phone camera how do would you approach yeah, like it more is very age? accessible right like it's something that i think yeah. everyone has very portable very accessible with a phone you can uh, do around uh, i mean do photography but uh, if you have a camera then your commitment comes from there yeah uh, i know it is expensive uh, to have a dslr buy a point and shoot a tiny mm. one like a, yeah, yeah. a sony rx100 or something you know like it's a point and shoot uh, do not use auto focus at the beginning so that you understand uh, how things work how and uh, yeah i mean be ready to fail just don't repeat the failures uh, as they say uh, but be ready to fail and it's okay you don't need to uh, and only when you are completely committed then you can go to uh an institute it depends where in the world you live in uh also because right. uh if you're in india you're very very lucky because you can shoot for your lifetime and yet there'll be 99% left to cover uh yeah. because uh, because there is so much all you need is uh, get the technical skills and a mindset to click and then you can go on clicking whatever uh i mean imagine a country where you can go to dev dipavali and pushkar mela and all uh in 2 3 months time and uh we all know how much people here want to go there and click and like <laughs> stuff so yeah i mean you don't need but uh, for your own commitment because uh having a camera helps mobile phone is good enough to do it nowadays you get everything like a grid like a proper uh check out your rule of thirds and people actually learn the rule of thirds and then click that's something i wouldn't uh, advise my son to do i would say rule of third will happen uh, you will find it while going making pictures one day you will find it one day you will find why dead center pictures don't work for a certain things mm, right. and uh, that there is no rule but there are certain rules with which they are shortcuts to make good pictures aesthetically and pleasing rules one and a half hours already okay wow <laughs> <laughs> i want to ask you a question a final question is have you ever taken a photograph of any of your kids doing something really important to them and forgot to take the lens cover off oh multiple times especially when you are using a, a range finder it's an optical view finder right yeah, not seeing right. through the lens oh, right. so you don't oh. know whether the lens cap is on or off <laughs> I've done crazy stuff like that. This so this very, brings back some horrible memories. I was seven years yes. old. I was studying in Algiers. Uh, it was an American school. I was studying. It was the Labor Day weekend, and uh, I had I was, but I was uh, performing in a play. First time I ever. I mean, obviously, I was seven, and I also won an award. And then an elderly uh, American gentleman gave me a certificate. and my dad took photographs of all of that we go back home and find out he hadn't taken the lens cover off so my only theater performance never get captured and and later i found out that the elderly gentleman who gave me that award was george h w bush the first one yeah uh, senior uh, 
and okay. it was the i mean i was when i grew up i was uh, terribly afraid of my father like yeah. he, he never did anything but you know i was very afraid of him uh, um and it was the only time i actually yelled at my dad and he didn't say anything back to me he was very, he, had, uh, he was very sh- sheepish and shamefaced because it was i didn't know about the uh, george bush but i knew that i was in a play and my dad didn't take photos of it so <laughs> yeah, my, between my kids my sister, my uh, daughter uh, she is the one who poses uh, for photographs uh, my son is generally whether you're taking or not taking but my son is interested in owning all the cameras <laughs> that's he's interested bro he knows all the models and inside oh, out and that's so nice you know, so he knows different so he, kind of Job, he'll know different kind of models in ten years' time. <laughs> yeah, very <laughs> better. Probably share sooner, yeah. dude. Probably, uh, yeah. yeah, probably sooner. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> anyway, uh, Shub, thank you very much. That was an amazing conversation. Thank you I so much. I told you that we'll have to get to a point where we'll say let's wrap up, uh, <laughs> and, and yeah. uh, you didn't run out of things to say. So yes. thank you very much. That was an eye-opening conversation. And uh, even though I've known Shub for many, many, many years, we met in the last millennium first time. Uh, you know, having this kind of in-depth conversation with him about photography uh, is amazing. Thanks very much, Shub. And yeah, thank, uh, everybody, thank you so there. much. Thank you so much. And I again, yeah. pleasure talking to someone who's so passionate about some things. It's you know, it's it's always fun. You always look forward to doing that. Yeah. Uh, thank and you. Thank you, guys. Next. Next time we're all three in the same city. Uh, both of you can cook, and I will be the one eating. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course, and I, I, I love the conversation. I haven't spoken for this long in a while. Um, so glad that you were right that I could uh, be in a conversation which is this long. It's not boring. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Uh, the fabulous. I, I. But yeah, so thank you very much, Shub, and uh, thank um, you. Uh, everybody else uh, will put links to uh, Shub's amazing Instagram uh, profile. Please check that out, that's, and also pressure, yeah. more importantly, to his website, which everybody who has any interest in photography or just interested in uh, checking out a few really nice photographs and what is the thought process behind taking those photographs, please go and visit his website. And of course, we at uh, Batuki Therapy too have uh, our Instagram channels and uh, our websites and all of that thing, all of that stuff. We'll put links to all of those um, in the show notes if you don't know them already. And uh, we'll catch you next time with uh, somebody else who is way more interesting than Piyush and me. And uh, <laughs> we'll edify us on something that they're passionate about. So thanks, Shub. Thank you very much. Thank you. And Thank you, guys. Thank you so and much. Yush, I will see you soon. Yeah. <laughs> okay.